Hello, hello. This is Chris Jansen. This is the End Evil Podcast. Evil is the destruction of freedom. And the End Evil Podcast was inspired by the book, The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke. And today I have with me a, a guest to the show, and I'm just getting to meet David Greenberg. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Chris. It's a pleasure to be on here for the first time. Wonderful. Yeah. And I was just like looking at your um, website and I've been checking out some of your interviews and uh, man, you're an amazing artist. Uh, he has a website called freedomvibe.art and folks, you should check that out. Um, David's awesome with technical skills. He does video editing and um, image manipulation. So I want to learn a little bit about your story, David, and what brought you to be um, someone speaking out about truth and natural law and freedom and um looking forward to chatting today and learning learning a lot more about you. That sounds great, Chris. I really it's really great to be on here. Um I love the concept of the podcast. The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke is an is an outstanding book. And I think it's one that everybody should read at least once, probably multiple times, almost certainly. There's so much gold, so much value in that one small book of less than a hundred pages. You know, no excuses to read it. So I think it's great that you got inspired to create a podcast based on that concept. And I'm looking forward to our conversation wherever you want to take it. Yeah, well, that's that's actually a great place to start, because one thing I, I love to do with guests is kind of like just ask from your point of view, what is evil? You know, like, how would you define it? And um, what is it? Yeah, I'd like to hear your your impression or definition of evil. Yeah, evil is any force or it's the force, I guess, that manifests that that basically wants to limit, control, hold back, enslave, ensnare, uh, divert, and uh, otherwise put consciousness, put ourselves in, put us into a box and prevent our ultimate growth. So um, the way I see it, we're wherever we are, whatever point we are in life, we're in a process of constant growing and evolving and they're all there's always something greater there's always the next experience there's some there's bigger challenges there's more going on um and i think we i feel like we all naturally have that desire and inclination to just keep growing almost like the plants have a innate desire um some would say just programming but i think it's more than that to just keep growing right to flourish to grow so I think we all, you and I and everybody, we have the same thing. Um, but there is a force, and I think it exists for a reason. There is a force in creation that wants to push against that. It wants to stop that, hold it, restrict it, limit it. Um, and as we get more and more complexity of creation, that force can be more, can obviously manifest in more and more creative ways. But I think ultimately, if we just call it evil, or in the worldly scene, we can call it authority, um, we can call it government. It starts to manifest in many different ways, but it's whatever is holding us back. Um, but ultimately, the real thing to understand is because we all have free will, um, to a great extent, evil relies on us, our consent, our buying into it. So in a way, it's almost like we have to believe it, we have to agree with it, we have to accept it, and then we have to almost embody it ourselves. Um, so it's almost like a virus in that way. It wants to infiltrate our minds and then just have us become a part of it so i think the, the the key 
to learn from evil, just recognize that it exists, recognize it's something very simple. Truth is always simple. It's, it's simply the force that resists our growth and evolution and wants to hold us back. Um, and then we start to consciously uh, use it um, and not cave into it, I guess you could say, not become part of it, but actually choose to not be it and choose to not participate in it. So I think that's that's the beautiful thing about it. Um, yeah, that's just- a, I love your a, definition. You, I mean, you just nailed it, the growth. That's one thing I like to say in, in a lot of my, the way I present too is, you know, nature like will grow through anything. If you left the city alone, nature will crumble it and, you know, the vines will grow through it. The trees will, the grass will grow right through the concrete. You know, um, there's a built-in growth process in every part of reality, every part of nature. And, and that's our divine experience is the opportunity to do things and to grow and to make things and to think of things. So anything that's trying to inhibit that or shut that down is this evil force, right? And I think part of what makes evil so powerful is that it's so um, obscured and occulted. And that when when you use the word evil, so often people are thinking of stuff they saw in movies like red guy devils with horns and, uh, you know, maybe black hats and black cats and, um, you know, like witches and stuff, you know, like people have this weird idea because of Hollywood, because of TV, because of the indoctrination that you can't end evil. And I think that's what I really liked about the book and the show is it's kind of saying, no, we can, you know, it's like like sweeping a floor, you can clean the room. You know, it doesn't have to be a mess. We don't have to live in a world that's completely inundated with evil. And right now the situation is that evil seems to have the upper hand from my point of view. And that was like, for me, my big life realization that taking off the rose colored glasses and realizing, no, we're in bad shape as humanity right now. This is not a good situation. We really have a lot of work to do. We have a responsibility to do something about this, not just surf through it. So I'd be curious for you, did you, um, have you kind of like always realized there's a major problem in the world with evil or has this been something you realized recently in the last few years? How did you go? Did you go, uh, uh, did you go through like a change like I did or was it a gradual process? Yeah. Um, how to start there. Yeah. I've had a, an awareness that something is wrong in the world, you know, since the, mid to late 2000s so like 2005 2007 probably even before then on a lower level and i think even when i was a child i i actually through my whole life i've always had this kind of background awareness that things just don't seem right like a lot of things just didn't seem right even as a kid but i didn't really have the mental fortitude i didn't have the upbringing to really solidify that that fully hold that holistic intelligence and um for reasons that we can get into. And um, so I never, it never really fully baked out, but as a result of living out of alignment with these principles for so long, what happened is I started to suffer more and more. And it was ultimately through suffering, even including physical suffering, which I can share, you know, share a little bit about um, in, in that healing process that really awakened me to the fact that, that yes, there were forces that are going to, you know, there are consequences to certain things going on. And that's exactly it. There are consequences. But instead of playing the external blame game, which is what I did, especially like 10, 12 years ago, I was like the guy that would go around posting on Facebook, 
even back then, you know, imagine that, um, how bad vaccines were, how bad this, that, and the other, all the bad guys, but never really connecting the dots that there was a deeper reason why this was all happening, right? And that there had to be a deeper level of understanding, you know, and not just trying to rearrange furniture on the deck of the Titanic as a way to try to stop it from sinking. Um, and then as my own health began to suffer, the microcosm, um, it, it presented newer opportunities, including more recently, for me to really put this all to the test and say, okay, um, I've already been addicted to pharmaceuticals. That, that was 12 years of my life. I already decided to get off of that. So this is, already, this is already truth. This is in the past. And now I'm presented with a new challenge where I'm having this pain, you know, body pain in lower back specifically. And I said, okay, if I'm going to be true to myself, I cannot go and look for someone to save me from my pain. Can't go look for medication. I've already done that route and lost a lot of time. Um, that's not a way to do this. The way to do this is to take responsibility. So I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. And again, you can think everything I'm saying, you can think in the macroscopic world, looking at the world, it's like all this shit is going on. We've got to figure this out. It's the same thing. It's the principle of correspondence from hermeticism, which is as above, so below, as within, so without. So I started to realize that if anything that was going on in my own life, I had to basically look for root causes and address them in the same way. Um, because otherwise it would just be going down, uh, the route that I already been down, which is medications or some you know, external intervention and just becoming a slave to those things. So, um, yeah, so it, it really boiled down to that, to figuring out, you know, what was I doing to myself? And I made a, a video about this not too long ago called stop harming yourself. So if people want to check that out, that's a, a video where I kind of share a little more about this, but um, I realized that it was as simple as like, as the way I was eating things I was consuming. And if I could just change that, then, uh, all of a sudden I would start to be free, free from this pain and, uh, be able to retain my, my internal sovereignty. Like in other words, not go crazy, not go out of my mind, not lose my mind. Um, so again, if we think about it and everything's going on in the world, I think now I think of it exactly the same way. You know, until unless we understand why. Okay, so we can agree that there are bad guys and bad guys do bad things. And some of them are very evil in the sense that they're very committed to doing, to harming people or having people harm themselves. If we already know that. We know we're in a prison. We don't need to keep re rehashing that. The question now is, why are we here? How are we kept here? And what can we do to get out? Right. So now that, that, that leads to the deepening of understanding of these principles. And now it's like the most frustrating thing for me now, Chris, is just seeing people around me who are so unconscious to the deeper truths. That's the thing that really frustrates me now more than ever is seeing people who are so deeply asleep and realizing that ultimately they have free will. So we can't force them to think a way other than they want to. But they're also, by virtue of sharing this reality, they are, they are contributing to you and I and everyone remain, continuing to suffer, continuing to live in slavery, because it's going to take the majority of everyone to shift their consciousness or raise their consciousness for us to get out of it. So it is kind of frustrating, but it's also the opportunity. Right, right. Like the biggest challenge the universe could offer us, you know, we must be uh, pretty amazing 
souls to be dropped into this situation. You know, remember, um, have you seen those magic eye pictures? I remember they used to like, whenever you'd go to the mall and you go to the, the store that has like, um, pictures or paintings you could buy they'd have those magic eye ones where it just looks like a bunch of static but if you stare mm. and you focus your eyes just right you see this 3d image pop out right yeah like for me it, it kind of happened around i was like looking deeply into 9-11 and that got me interested in weather engineering and geoengineering chemtrails and i started going down that path of study and i started getting so stuck on trying to draw any conclusions i was you know taking information and i was trying to discern what was what and I started noticing the biggest thing that really affected me was that when I would talk to other people about it they weren't being honest they weren't willing to have the conversation and and I felt the need to bounce off of people to get their you know I I felt at that time like a lot of other people were smarter than I was you know and so I wanted to get their opinion to help confirm what I was seeing or not seeing and I kept getting back from people not an opinion or an idea or a reflection, but just a, I don't want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. Ah, you know, just like little kids. They're basically changing the subject, just giving me a blank stare, um, just saying, oh, that's a bunch of stuff, you know? And then, so for me, the deeper, like really awakening experience was like, oh my gosh, we're living in a different world here. These people don't want to know reality. They don't want to know what it is. You know, they, they're not curious. And that for me was like that magic eye picture. It was like really seeing this other dimension to reality that other people don't want to see. And I, that's my way of kind of describing my experience that is similar to what I was reflecting from um, hearing you speak. And I also, similar to you, went through a major health um, revelation a few years later after that. And then like you, I decided I got to figure out this myself. And for me, it, it came in the form of a breathing problem. And I was having these like allergy stuff and I was able to solve it with a series of things. But eventually I think what has healed me and protects me from having that problem now is a breathing practice that I've learned to do. And, you know, I think for each person, there's different ways to heal ourselves and find, find the healing modalities. But um, it takes that decision that I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to seek help in my own way um and i'm going to find the solution and that's like in a way to me true faith is being able to trust yourself and find that inner responsibility so tell me a little bit more about your story of how um you achieved that um are you feeling pretty healthy these days or is something you're still battling with yeah it's that's a good question so just to follow up on that so i'm i'm feeling a lot better and i've unlocked a better understanding I still falter sometimes because um, what I've had to do basically, Chris, is I've had to give up all, all sugars and carbohydrates in my diet, or at least 99% of them, including fruits. I basically had to give up all fruits and vegetables, grains, and most oils and dairy. So really, I'm left with meat, meats, uh, eggs, and fish, fish seafood. So that's that's it. If I eat that way, 99.9% .9 of the time, I have almost no health issues. I sleep really well. I have really good energy. And my mind starts to get very clear. The challenge is just like any addiction that, that I've had. Oh, and I should say, you know, I, I should be honest, as you guys saw, I'm drinking some coffee. So coffee is the only plant-based exception that I have, um, or one of very few plant exceptions that I have. 
um, that I seem to be able to get away with, but I also recognize it's not ideal. And at some point I may need to eliminate that. But I decided to eliminate the sugar first, uh, anything that converts to sugar, again, including carbohydrates and um, fruit, for example. And that was really eliminating that from my diet really was the master key to unlocking um, faster healing. So I think what I've been able to understand, I don't have a way to look inside my body, but I've been going through a healing process. It seems to be a very old injury. It may be something that from my childhood, I don't really have all the information on it, but there's, it may be like a partial deformity. It may have been a, a, uh, something that happened when I was born. It may have been from an, a damage from a vaccine. These are some of the different theory, working theories that I have, but there's no way to know for sure what exactly caused it. It's one of those things, but it's something I've suffered with on and off through my whole life. Um, the medications I used to be addicted to kind of hit it from me, but that's the key. They just hit it. It didn't really solve it. Um, so fast forward today. Yes, I'm for the most part, I've been able to dominate it. If I break down and treat myself to to having an occasional fruit, if I have like one banana a week, it's not going to be that much of a big deal. Like every once in a while, I treat myself to something, um, which I think is natural. And I think we don't want to go to extremes. But if I go beyond that, if I start to, you know, fall into the realm of, okay, now I can start to eat more of it, then the suffering, you know, the pain comes back. So it's just like, mm. it's very interesting to see that, that very strict, you know, it takes a, an act of will, again, going, drawing upon these occult, these principles of psychology, it takes a real act of will and courage to keep saying no over and over again to something that is so tempting. And I think that's, a microscopic way of looking at the world is that there are a lot of things in the world that are very tempting, but they can only lead ultimately to suffering for all of us. And so it's going to take a real active will to say no. And so when I, when I saw how important it was for me to dominate my own will in my own life, I could see now why it was such a big deal. You know, why the, uh, those, uh, the dark occultists who are known to have very strong willpower, like that's one thing they're very good at is they're very focused. Um, no wonder they're 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 beating our asses, you know, in terms of the world, what's going on in the world, because they 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 are completely unwavering in what they do. Whereas we, meaning those of us who are not a part of that, not at least not actively, um, unless we can show a, 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 an equal amount of willpower to really overcome things, then we're just gonna we're gonna continue to be enslaved, enslaved by our own. Um, desires, enslaved by our addictions and crave, even cravings, things like that, um, and laziness and all of these things, in other words, you know, mental laziness, things like that. So, um, so it's kind of an ongoing process. I think that's, that's the way it is in life in general. Will I get to a point where like all of a sudden I have no more pain and it's all hundred percent healed? Maybe, but I kind of look at it more as right now, for me, the, the master lesson is just to keep cultivating willpower because um, sometimes I do falter. It's not as much as in the past, but sometimes I do cave in and uh, I can, again, see, I can, we can use that as a reflection in the world stage. You know, if we just cave in a little bit, uh, a little bit slavery, a little bit limited government, you know, it's kind of like the parallel in the world stage. No, it's just going to, it keeps opening the door to the same. It keeps, it keeps fueling the system. Right. So there is, you know, so we have to really, really um, withdraw our support for for evil and its machinations in the world stage. Just like I had to, you know, change the way I treated myself and the way I eat in my own life as a way to heal. 
Yeah, you know, what's funny too is that it, it is so unique in terms of our personal work. My personal work is not the same as someone else's personal work, what needs to be done. And yep. what what's going to work for you is not necessarily going to work for me. Like for instance, for me, like my um, diet is largely fruit. You know, I've found that one of the things that keeps me healthy is eating mostly fruit, you know, and here you can't eat fruit at all, you know? So the, obviously the same healing technique is not going to work for one person and it is for another. And in the same way, the same rules don't work across the board. And that's why laws, man-made laws don't work because they don't apply to different people in different situations and adapt, you know, like life does, like we, like we do being living things that exist in the moment. If you write something down, it's like trying to apply a one size um, fits all glove to everybody and saying, oh, you all have to fit into this glove, whether you like it or not, you know? And so, you know, I, I liked earlier when you pointed out that authority is really a big part of the problem. But then on the other hand, our inner authority, our ability to self-discipline and not eat something so we can feel better is something that we all need to work on, you know? So, um, like, I want to keep going with you on the inner work and the self-work. That's something I always love to talk about. But real quick, I'm curious because this came up in our conversation. Um, it's really hard to reach people. And as you pointed out, to change the dynamic in the cumulative sense, in the aggregate of humanity, of all these people around us, we all need to start recognizing the importance of objective morality and that everything we do matters and that it's not okay to enslave people through systems of indoctrination, whether it be schools or religions or science or um, government, you know. Um, I'm curious what you think in terms of the most effective strategies going forward for us, you, me, other people like us, content creators. How do we reach people? You know, what, what are your ideas of what, what might work? I'm curious. Yeah, this is very important. And I think everybody has a different role to play. So if you think about Mark Passio, someone that we all respect and admire because he's helped us a lot. Um, he admittedly, even on his latest podcast, and many times he says, I'll be, I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the guy to come, you know, scream in your face, what a fucking loser you are, what a, you know, what an immoral scumbag you are for even admitting, even allowing for one second to, to think that someone has a right to rule over someone else. And then, by the way, you're keeping me a slave, too. So he's going to remind us of the truth. It is the truth. Um, so I think that's an example of a role to play. And I would say he steps into that role and he's playing that role very well. And I think he should play that role very well. And he does. And that's great. And that's what the world needs. So, so as an artist, I'm looking for a way to play my role the best that I can. So I'm not going to just try to copy what he's doing or what you're doing or what someone else is doing. Rather, I'm going to kind of approach it from my own angle. So I try different things. Um, and I think this is the key when you're developing the artist within you, um, the, the showman, so to speak, the one who's going to get out there on video, maybe even on a live stage. Um, you have to develop some kind of showmanship and you have to have a way of presenting these ideas in a way that's going to be captivating. So again, you think about all the people in the freedom truth and freedom movements, they're all so different from each other, but each one is doing a great job. You know, the ones that are leading, really showing leadership are doing a great job each in their own way. So for me, um, the video, I call my, I've called myself a video performance artist because I get out there and kind of riff on video with my own style. 
now I'm, I've added a couple of new elements. For example, um, I started the Raleigh, Raleigh McBain character, which is the nemesis character. So he comes along and says the opposite. So he's kind of the, uh, you know, the dark occultist speaking, you know, that I'm channeling. The, the devil's the advocate, Satan. literally, right? Yeah. He's the one that's going to come on video and say why moral relativism is a great thing. And people who think it aren't are complete dum-dums. And here's why. And he's going to present that on the video. And so you're going to have to listen to that and figure out, you know, you're going to have to figure out where the irony is and where the humor is because hopefully he'll show you just how ridiculous it is but he's still going to tell you like this is you should be ridiculous it's almost like inviting you to be a fool so i need to have that character to say things that maybe my character wouldn't do because i'm always focused on the on the positive outcome like to be a moral person to do this but there also needs to be a contrast right so this is kind of my way of playing the bad guy is that i have a guy coming on and he just tells you five great reasons to go get a COVID jab, you know, or just all this completely ridiculous stuff. Um, just to put it in people's faces, just how, how ridiculous they're being, but from a different, from a humor angle. So that's another, so humor and presenting things with irony is a great tool. And then um, I, I'm, I haven't made a public announcement yet, um, but I'm going to be coming out with a new form of art. I'm not going to say anything more yet because I haven't made that public announcement, but I have a new art medium like a new way of expressing art that's different than what i've done up until now um that hopefully will be out certainly within the next 30 days it's, i'm pretty far along on it um and then i'll probably be making an announcement almost certainly before the end of january so this is a just a, another way of artistic expression um and then a third thing that i'm doing in my case i'm going to be doing this and this i can share publicly because I don't think it's, it's going to, I don't think I need to keep it under wraps, but I'm going to be officially starting to do content in Spanish for the Spanish speaking audience. So this is a new, um, it's not going to be to the exclusion of English. In other words, I'm not going to stop doing things in English, but I'm going to introduce a new line of videos, a new line of content. that's going to be specifically in Spanish. In Espanol. I'm going to be thinking about, you know, all the things I would have wanted to say from day one in English, but didn't, I'll, I'll, like a fresh start. So it'll allow me to even, um, my Spanish speaking audience will have an advantage because now after having done content and been in, you know, an initiate for more than a year, then they're going to get the benefit of all the things that I didn't know how to share even in the beginning. So that's, Fantastic. that's another thing. Yeah. And these are of course, all things towards an audience online. We can also talk about, you know, how to interact with people one-on-one -on -one or even in small groups. Cause that's, very challenging. I would argue that's even more challenging, um, but there's also an art to that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's something that what I've found is these conversations, like, you know, having this interview with you, uh, we just met, you know, um, but we already kind of know to some extent because we're on the same network, you can find David uh, Greenberg on the one great work network. And, um, you know, we're going to share a lot of similar um, ideals and principles. So um, that makes conversation much easier. But when you're talking to just, you know, a good friend or someone you've known for a lot of years who may be coming from a completely different background or paradigm of thinking, um, yeah, the strategy really has to change. And I've learned that the hard way over and over over the years. But um, I guess what I was getting at is the more we have these conversations, I think the better we get 
at making our point. And like you said, now that you've done a bunch of presenting and interviews, and then now you, if you reiterate it in Spanish, you're just going to be that much better at it and concise about making your points. And starting from the beginning again is um, always great. Um, so yeah, that's fantastic. And it sounds like what you're doing is providing more possibilities for people to come to this work and come to these realizations, just opening more doors of possibility, which I think is fantastic. And so um, thank you for sharing those ideas. And I like the adding humor and um, using your art and looking forward to seeing uh, whatever you're coming up with. That sounds exciting. So um, yeah, yeah, that's all great stuff. But um, I, I tend to agree with what I think what you're saying too is that really it's our personal responsibility and our inner work. I tend to think that what I've noticed is with people, you can't change people. And um, it's kind of why I've geared my podcast a little bit towards people that already have made certain realizations and are now looking to step it up to the next level. I like to inspire and motivate people like, okay, you realize these things. Now what, now do we, what do we do about it? You know, how do we actually change ourselves? How do we actually make the difference in the world? Because um, just applying the self-defense principle, for instance, can get you killed in, in a world that's so inundated with evil and people, everybody around us believes in this false paradigm of authority. They're all going to back, back up a so-called peace officer who decides to shoot you because you decide to employ the self-defense principle. So it's tricky. It's not the answers aren't as straightforward as they should be in some ways. We have to apply strategy and context. And what I think actually works personally the best is being a good example in the world of the things we can change and getting really good at those things. And, and some of those things are personal relationships and dealing with people. And that means having ourselves in a good enough place to where we can manage our emotions and manage ourselves. And so, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the inner work, shadow work, um, path work. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit of your process there or advice for people or your own story. Yeah, it's great, great stuff there. Let's unpack a few of those things and I'm sure we'll go off in maybe a couple of tangents, but um, just to zoom in for a second on that idea that we can't change other people's minds. This is, this ha this really has to be understood. And when people, when we speak fairly forcefully in this community and you'll hear sometimes myself or Chris or others in the community, speaking pretty forcibly when we share ideas, but it always comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of more wanting to overcome resistance rather than trying to, to actually, um, you know, force someone to think a certain way. Um, so, and the, the difference is subtle. And if you're not used to having your ego, uh, the thing is most people are not used to having their ego challenged most people's egos. And I'm, I'm one of those people. So, you know, I'm speaking, saying this from firsthand experience. I was the kind of person that could not hear, would not allow myself to be, to be corrected, would not allow myself to hear, to be reprimanded or admonished or whatever was called upon in that particular scenario, because I had allowed my ego to become so, to, to become overactive and not have its proper place. Again, we don't want to destroy the ego because it exists for a reason. It's a part of us. We have an ego for a reason. It's part of our individuation, but it's not the master of all things. So it's important to understand that um, 
it, it takes some real distinction to understand that when you start to talk to someone and they start to shut down because of their own traumas and their mind control, it's not necessarily because you're doing something wrong. It's not necessarily because you are trying to infringe on their free will. It's because their ego is protecting, overprotecting them, themselves, even from being made aware of the truth. And that, again, comes from the fact that many people, many of us, myself included, um, have been and many people still are subject to a lot of programs in their minds that uh, trigger them uh, and keep the that are designed basically to keep them from discovering bigger, deeper truths and keep them from questioning things, keep them from um, look going deeper, looking deeper, including within themselves. And this goes to what you were saying, Chris, is the 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 real work is always the inner work. So just like we should never hold anything taboo in the external world, you cannot have any taboo topics in your own later life. You cannot run away from any aspect of yourself. You know, and this is one of the hardest things to do that I had to realize, and I still do this, it's still going on. It's not like it's over. Um, where I remember how I was, how I behaved in the past. And I really have to, you know, I can honestly feel bad because I know, um, you know, just what a scumbag I was, you know, what I was doing bad in a particular, in, in that scenario. And yes, it's in the past. Yes. I no longer, I choose no longer choose to act in certain ways, but I still have to own up to the fact that something led me to act that way. And it's important to understand why that happened. If for no other reason than to, to, to make a shift and no longer be controlled by these programs. So the inner work means you don't get to brush anything under the carpet. Um, you're always honest with yourself about yourself. The goal is not necessarily to beat yourself up, although you may need to temporarily beat yourself up in order to whip yourself in shape. But the goal is ultimately to build yourself up. So if you do have to tear yourself down or a part of yourself, you know, and, and, and really take a good hard look at something you've done, um, then do that. But the goal is always to help you help one overcome that. And so I think that is the real inner work is, uh, and we can see that in a microscopic scale. Like if, if you have an interaction with people and something goes off, the energy goes off or something goes wrong or, you know, check in. And, I mean, were you doing the right thing? Were you saying what you should have been saying? If you were, and the other person just got offended because they can't handle the truth, maybe that's fine. Right. It's not our job to coddle people either. And if people are going to have a, a you know, reaction that they find things offensive just because we're speaking the truth, that doesn't mean we should stop speaking the truth. Um, but if there was some interaction where, you know, it could have been better handled um, or maybe you were stepping across a line and becoming starting to become try to become controlling or tell the other person what to think or what to do, then that's an opportunity to look back because you don't want to be a little tyrant. You don't want to be a little version of authority that's amplifying the bigger version of authority in the world. You want to actually step fully into the recognition that we all have free will um, and that we're interacting voluntarily. And there is a way to share ideas, but ultimately the other person needs to make the decision. So if there's a, there's a fine tuning balance, it can be a little challenging, you know, and uh, I find that people, even people in the so-called truth and freedom movement can become very dogmatic. And start start to try to ram things down people's throat and take, take certain sides. And of course, if you're in the political spectrum, that's bound to happen. And even within 
the religions, like the cultural religions, you find that often happens with people like, you know, the so-called Christians, um, meaning the people who are very deeply religious into the religion, um, who start to say, oh, those poor people, are, they're, they're going to go to hell. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. Like in a way, they're not getting it either, right? They're not fully integrating. You know, yes, there's something from all the traditions to learn. Yes, there are deeper truths embedded in Christianity and any any understanding of the nature of reality. But the, the work is not to say, oh, you have to believe this out of the other or, you know, you're not going to be saved. No, that's just another form of coercion. That's a form of mental coercion. And it's also not true, right? The truth is that people get to discover the truth for themselves. And you, you know, our job in this community, to answer your question concisely, is to provide the best information possible in, the, in as many different ways as possible, and especially information that's going to be important to understanding deeper, at a deeper level, or understanding ourselves in the nature of reality, so that we have a chance to make better decisions. What we decide to do in the end, again, that's based on free will, but at least having better information, at least having more perspectives, at least being shown what it's like to have holistic knowledge being act or holistic intelligence activated, what it means to have willpower activated, what it means to consciously choose from free will, like a, an example, like you said, the more we can be that example and then explain why and how we're doing, why and how we are the way we are, then I think that's really much more valuable to creating freedom than, you know, trying to run an agenda. But yes, even at the same time, we do sometimes need to, um, it's appropriate to, to call people out on their bullshit and we shouldn't, we shouldn't hesitate to do that when appropriate. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I find myself being um, my own tactic with most relationships of people um, that I deal with on a personal level. Um, the aggressive, the aggressive approach has never worked well for me uh, being who I am. However, um, I, I get a lot out of building trust with people, people. And um, when people come to respect you, um, I think they're a lot more likely to listen to you or um, take you seriously, you know? Absolutely. And so um, uh, on that process, I just got a little distracted because my mic did something weird. Did you notice a change? Yeah, it sounds you're coming across in a different way, like maybe the the input changed or something. Yeah, it gave me a little signal that something weird happened there. Let me see if I can switch. I can still hear you fine. You know, you're coming across fine. Okay. Yeah, for some reason my mic came unplugged. Oh well, I'm just using the computer mic now. That's no problem. To work with that. But yeah, I was really keying into a couple of things you were saying. Um, one of them that really impressed me was you know, talking about willpower, that, that to me is a huge aspect of this whole situation. And it gets, and you're talking about the why of things. And, you know, I've noticed that like at work, for instance, a lot of people are used to receiving instructions and they're used to following, which is following orders. Right. And <coughs> so, you know, like if you tell somebody to do a job, they're like, well, what do you want me to do? And a lot of people think in the way of what are the instructions I need to follow? But what we're asking to do is to think more of in a contextual, conceptual way 
conceptual where we're asking people to kind of think about the why of things. Why do we do what we do? So that instead of me giving you a fish, I teach you how to fish. I ask you, teach you how to ask why. For some reason, a lot of people have never been um, in, in the practice of asking why. And I think that that comes from our whole culture being a slave culture, which is, which is all geared towards um, not allowing you to ask that question and not encouraging you to ask, encouraging you not to ask the question why and to go that step deeper and to wonder, oh, yeah, why did I act that way? You know, why do people react that way to me acting? You know, like all those questions are what what help us look at our own selves. And you have to we have to continue to be honest, too, with ourselves. And that's that's tricky. That's difficult. You know, like I was telling you, one of my major realizations was like how many people are not willing to realize, which is funny because the word realize is real eyes. You know, when you look at it like green language you come to a realization is like when you take off the rose colored glasses, now you're using your real eyes to look at something. And so, um, you know, like that's the daily practice that we have to go through. And um, one thing I've been talking about with um, the people I communicate with um, through the one great work network. I mean, um, I've kind of created this thing called the one great work warriors. It's an email. um, People can, Go to my website, chrisjansen.com, and you put your email address in there. And then I make little videos and I talk about things that try to help people on a day-to-day basis. Because some of the things that I've noticed have helped me the most are like, you know, like you're talking about earlier wellness and health. If, if I'm in good shape, I can be in a better state of mind. And then let's say I do have an opportunity to speak with somebody about natural law or truth. And um, I'm able to stay calm and I don't get triggered and angry. And I'm able to think about what words are really going to work best to um, maybe help them nudge them in the direction of making their own realization. Right. Um, I'm going to be a lot better at that if I'm healthy and strong and my mind is in a good vibrational state. And so one thing I've noticed that really makes a big difference for me and that is like good habits and, and um, keeping my body in good shape and having um practices of keeping myself in that right place. So I'm curious for you, advice you might have for other people on um, actual day-to-day practices, things you've learned um, of how to be a better person that help us help us be in that space I'm talking about of a higher vibrational thinking. Yep. Okay. Wow. There's a couple of things that I wanted to dive in there from what you shared. And, and um, one thing that I'd love to unpack as well, Chris, is I've had some new insights on how to interact with other people. And this is probably all built on all that inner work that I've already done. And I think it's kind of try and take it to the next level. Now, obviously, when we look at those around us, we recognize that we're all to some deeper spiritual level, we're all connected, but everybody has free will. Everybody is an individual and we, we should always respect their individuality and respect their autonomy and their sovereignty and their free will of expression while still encouraging them to be the best that we can, they can be because we share reality together. So um, I've been experimenting with new ways of looking at it. And I think you use the right word triggered because even someone who's on the, who's an occultist or studying the occult and occult psychology and all this, can still be triggered just like anyone else. And it just may be triggered in a different way. Like we may be triggered when people start talking 
talking about government as though it's a perfectly good thing. And I say that in a general sense. I'm not, I know not everybody is like that, but some people can be triggered in the opposite way, you know, now um, and become very angry and understandably, right? And again, some people should, you know, they will carry that role to more of an extreme as part of their, their job. But I think when dealing with people on a day-to-day basis, what I try to do, the thing that has worked really well um, is I, I never take anything somebody says at face value. So if someone's spirits just blurts out something any, or answers a question or whatever it is, I run it through the same filter of my best understanding of, as, as someone like you and, as you and I have a conversation. In other words, whether it's just someone on the street, someone I know, they may or may not have an understanding of the occults. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets treated the same way, which means they get treated in the way they should, which they have infinite value, but we're still going to question things. We're still going to bring things up to them. So, for example, um, I was talking to a couple of people, a couple of young ladies, and uh, one of them mentioned that she was a teacher, which I took to, to mean probably a public school teacher. I didn't necessarily want to dive in and dissect like 10,000 details on it. But I asked, I said, oh, I said, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so what kind of valuable knowledge are you imparting on your students? So I kind of took her so question and I said, well, what would someone who's operating at a deep level, what would they be interested to know about this other person? Well, a teacher is someone who teaches, who has the potential to, she teaches children ages, Actually, it was a very wide range. It was, she told me it was kindergarten through, I think, ninth grade or some very broad range. So I was like, wow. Okay. So kids ages, you know, between kindergarten and ninth grade are in a very important position because they're in a position to be taught very powerful things about, the, about themselves and nature of reality, things that life skills, so many things, right? So without being judgy about it and without saying, okay, automatically assuming anything, I said, I asked her that question. I said, well, what, uh, what valuable and important knowledge are you imparting on those students? And I just asked it like it was the most natural thing to ask, even though I knew, you know, this is the, the acting slash um, artistic side of me knew that she probably wasn't expecting that question. And it would throw her off. Like I knew that, of course, you know, so part of me was kind of setting herself up to trip a bit, but it was not, not from a place of aggression or not from a place of being mean. It was a place that I wanted her to, let me plug my computer in. It's like a tactical um, decision. Yeah, it was, right? it was a tactical decision on my part. Hang on, I just need to put my glasses on to make sure I'm doing this right. Something might not be right here. I'm going to take that opportunity to figure out what was going on with my mic, too. <laughs> Hopefully, I got it. Nope. Still wants to misbehave. Okay, so I so part of me being the artist, being you know somewhat humorous, tongue in cheek, like you know myself being myself, I knew that she was not expecting me to ask that, and that it was going to throw off, and she probably wasn't even going to have a good answer for it. But I still wanted to ask that question because if for no other reason, even if she didn't feel comfortable answering it, something, that question would stick with her. That would be a memorable question. And some, some wheels in her mind would start ticking 
like, wow, I'm a teacher. I am imparting as a teacher. I'm, I'm probably should be imparting important and valuable knowledge on these students. What am I imparting on? And so, and that made that, that conversation may bleed into years of future introspection on her part, but I've done my part by simply asking that question. So this is an example of what I mean by, you know, in, in the personal realm, we can't just, it's not going to be productive to jump down people's throats because you will shut them down and, and um, you may lose an opportunity to create, to create real growth. But when you can ask really good questions, for example, this is just one of many different ways of doing it. Um, remaining calm, not, you know, not getting to the space where you're going to start to say, well, you should and this and that and the other, but it's just asking a question that opens the door to a greater kind of a greater level of awareness. To me, that is infinitely more valuable in the personal sphere than, than any other approach. And if I can do that, something like that, um, and it comes from a place of genuine curiosity because, you know, again, if someone says to me, oh, I'm a teacher, I'm genuinely curious. Like what, why do they want to be a teacher? What's so important about it? What kind of information, you know, what kind of knowledge are they teaching? These are the things I want to know, not not how much money they're earning or how long they've been a teacher or this kind of left brain nonsense. I don't care about that shit. You know, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even like the name of someone's name or where they, they live. Of course, you know, getting to know someone's name is part of getting to know them, but uh, um, where people live, where they went to school, I never ask those questions. I'm not interested in that. If it comes up, great. If someone asks me and, and you know, it's part of a greater conversation, sure, I'll answer that. Um, but I want to get to the, I'm almost like the annoying kid who wants to keep asking why. And I think if we can be like that annoying kid who keeps asking why, even as adults, then this is really going to create a shift. And if someone does have a reaction, you know, this is the next level is to choose to remain calm. Like one time I said to this woman, this was actually on New Year's. I said, uh, I said to first to one person, I said another, I said, you know, um, I'm enjoying myself in this New Year's, but honestly, you know, there's kind of like this undercurrent of what's going on in the world. And, you know, we're not really headed in a great direction. That's, that's kind of limiting my ability to just let completely loose and celebrate. And her whole face changed. She's like, let's save that talk for another day. This is a young woman. She's not, it can't be older than 30, 35, right? Let's talk this up in the name. Just completely changed. And I didn't run away. I just looked at her and I said, I said, look, I'm not trying to, you know, my goal is not to bring down the mood. I'm just being honest about how I actually feel and just being very honest with you. Um, yeah, I just said that. You know, I think it's important that we don't, uh, if other people get triggered, we can stay with that, but we don't necessarily assume that we did something wrong because they got triggered because that is not the case. Right. It's not our fault if people are emotionally mind controlled. That's, that's not something, you know, we, we do not take on the full responsibility of another person's mindset. In fact, that's exactly the point is we don't own someone else's mind. They do, you know, but if they have a strong reaction, we can acknowledge that and say, Hey, you know, that's, this is why I said that. Yeah, it just occurred to me recently that anytime you get someone gets offended, you know, they're like, that's being off ended. That's losing your balance. Right. Like yep. it's I could, it's I could really rarely think of the time when there's a righteous reason for being offended. And there are some I could think about it the more I thought about it. But for the most part, if you you or someone else catches themselves getting offended, 
then there's that's like a signal that there's something that needs to be thought out or worked on because you're getting off balance, right? And so if you're able to not get off balance easy, that means you're well balanced. Yep. And I even made a video once called On Being Offended, where I talked about that because I was very, you know, I it just became so clear at some point that culture, again, we, you know, using that term that Jeremy does in the book, uh, culture, one of the things that culture teaches is when is we should get offended. And when people are offended, it's because uh, the person who offended the other person did something wrong, when in fact, all they did was go against one of the social norms of culture, right? And that's, and, and that's what led to the off-ended, as you said, like being put off balance is because someone said something that the other person wasn't expecting because of their cultural programming. And so it, it, it hit them. It usually hits you in the ego, hits you, you know, somewhere in your emotional state. And there's some kind of programming around that to protect you. So, um, yeah, but being offended, I think being offended is a good thing. And especially when I'm doing my content, I love to, you know, I actually, I said this before and that's true. I actually want to be more offensive, but in a, also in a humorous way, not necessarily. Um, yeah, but I definitely want to be more offensive. <laughs> One of my goals in life. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I asked you like 10 questions packed into one and you were taking them apart, which was great. And um, I think we're, uh, we got a few minutes left. Yeah, maybe you got some tips, some life tips and hacks to share with people um, to be a better, a better uh, person, a better truth speaker. And um, then we'll kind of close it up and share any links you want to share. Awesome, Chris. Yeah, I mean... As you said, we have this this is endless conversation. That's the great thing about it is when you start to open up the door, there's always something to explore and discover. And hopefully, this is I've, this has been valuable for me. So hopefully, for people who are watching and listening, it's been valuable. And um, I would say, just going back and echoing something you said earlier, which I think a lot of us are saying is, you've got to prioritize getting your own shit together first. You have to make a it has to be a, a consistent daily and weekly goal and, and mission of yours to just really take a good look at yourself, look at your behaviors, where you feel, where you can see clearly that something is awry, something's not going well. Um, obviously, you know, having that foundation of more morality um, and you have to, it's like you have to take a side, you know, you have to decide you want to be good or do you want to be evil? You know, almost like in that Dungeons and Dragons, like, you know, some people will choose evil for whatever reason. You know, some people will choose that path, you know, because we have free will. People can choose that. I don't think it will ever be the majority, but some people will choose that. So first of all, decide what, you know, what path you actually want to go down and why. And then as part of that, make it a daily, weekly practice to keep examining your behaviors, keep putting them through a filter and keep making corrections. And don't beat yourself about, up about it. Don't, you know. Recognize when you're wrong, but also give your, you know, give yourself some slack, recognize that you have the ability to keep improving um, and make some kind of organized, organized effort around it. So I used to do a lot of journaling in the beginning. Um, journaling is a great thing. I don't necessarily do it as much anymore, but it, for a time, for like a six month period, it was super, super helpful. I do use breath work as well. You mentioned breath work. I have a breath work practice that I use on and off, sometimes more than other times, but that's also great for introspection because it can create an altered state 
consciousness and kind of kind of open up almost in a similar way that entheogens and you know certain plant medicine can but without the use of those medicines so um whatever it takes to get into that state where you can really really take a look at yourself and you know decide what you want to clean out and then also your physical self so when i shared I mean, you got to get your physical self in order that's actually foundational because if your physical body anytime your physical body starts to degrade beyond you know the typical level so to say you know for because uh, we're all you know all our bodies are always degrading over time it's just natural the aging process but i'm talking about like be above and beyond so anytime when you're above and beyond and it's starting to really inhibit your ability um to be fully present because of pain because of discomfort or whatever make that a priority just like I did, make it a priority, figure it out, become the scientist, figure out what are the causal factors? What are you doing? What are you eating wrong? What are you you putting in your body that you could adjust? Um, and I'm uh, not being dogmatic about it because like you said, some people, you know, will healing will be eating a lot of fruit. For some people will be eating a lot of meat. Some people will be eating different things. I don't want to assume that one person has all the answers, but you got to figure out for yourself, what is that? actual you know nutritionally are you putting poisons in your body and lying to yourself about it are you still drinking coca-cola and drinks like that or something like that um or even things with a lot of sugar um in excess are you you know are you smoking in excess is there something else that you're doing in excess um that may not be beneficial um are you still taking medications that perhaps would not be better if you didn't take them so yeah i mean that's a whole realm in itself but i would say uh I know I'm probably going on and on about this, but you've got to, your mind and body has to be a priority, mind, body, and spirit. You have to really, um, this is so important. Even even more, I would say people are not getting this nailed. All the facing the, what's going on in the world around us, it's all going to be for naught because people's triggers and traumas and, and limitations are going to just keep getting uh, enabled over and over again. And, uh, and we'll keep acting incorrectly because of that. Absolutely. That's some wonderful advice. I had a little um, inspirational thought today that reality is morality. You know, um, morality is so built into the structure of the reality that we're experiencing. That's like the main thing, you know, and everything culture wants to teach you and religion and government and the indoctrination that we go through the, in this experience is trying to convince you that reality is just the material. When in truth, it's all about morality. That's really what we're here to experience and learn from my my perspective, you know. And um, so what could be more important than to keep working on yourself and keep finding ways to take responsibility for this wonderful opportunity you have and this amazing divine experience. So thanks so much for joining me today, um, David. I really appreciate your words and getting to know you a little bit. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation. We already have an idea in mind to um, discuss um, occult knowledge. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, tell people where to find your work. I know we got freedomvibe.art and you're on the One Great Work Network. Anything else you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I always encourage people to go to my website, which is freedomvibe.art. And um, I post all of my own creations there, but I also cross post a lot of other creators, um, mainly the things that I have curated because they really struck me. Like I really learned something valuable or it's something that I feel 
could benefit from more people seeing it or hearing it. So um, it's just a basic site where I share all that content. I also share a little bit more about myself. I share um, some resources, as you mentioned, Chris, um, as a content creator, as someone, you know, as a, I call myself a multimedia uh, artist. I'm also a system engineer. So I have a lot of different skill sets. So I would say for someone who is creating content, someone who's part of the greater community who wants to share, you know, more content of this type, but maybe is struggling with some aspect of that, I'm happy to help. You know, that's one of the ways that I help others. Um, so on my website, you'll see some more information about that. It's a, I think it's a section called for creators. And I share some of the things and hopefully I'll share some more. And like you said, I'm also on the on onegreatworknetwork.com. I'm one of the more than 70 creators there. It's a pleasure. I remember when I was invited by Mark Passio. Now it was pretty much a year ago, maybe just over a year ago, or maybe just under a year, actually. Um, it was a real pleasure to get the invitation. It's a pleasure to be part of that community. And there's some great stuff going on. So um, you can also find my work there. And then from either of those sites, I've got a link to all my other social media, like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Odyssey, Float, all the others. Right on. Yeah, I'll, I'll share your link tree along with the show. So yeah, great, great episode, great discussion, and a lot of inspiration to work on your willpower, folks. And it never hurts. It helps helps us a lot to um, share this video with other people, to subscribe to my channel, subscribe to David's. Um, whatever you like, YouTube or Odyssey, you know, we're, we're, we're on all these channels and, um, it helps a lot. Just put a little thumbs up and subscribe and, and help us get seen by other people and you're helping to do your part too. So that's much appreciated. And, uh, join me Thursdays at 6 PM Pacific for the, um, stream and that's, uh, 9 PM Eastern. And, uh, it's a great time to Get to know other people in the community and join in this project of ending evil. We got a lot of work to do, folks. Have a good one. Thanks for coming.